Welcome to episode 90 of Dads from the Crypt, the Tales from the Crypt podcast. My name is Jason. I'm joined by Mondo. Hi, Jason. Hey there. And tonight we have a very special guest. We're joined by Brando from two podcasts, Appetite for Distortion and Appetite for Horror. Welcome. I thought you were about to say from Tupac, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I keep using the wrong bio. <laughs> Hey Jason. Hey Armando. Sorry, I, I like I like saying your name Armando. Oh, that's cool. I can roll with that. Off the air, Armando. I can do it. <laughs> there we go. All right. So you're a man of many podcasts and many talents. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about them? Sure. Uh, well, I've been in radio for about 20 years. Lucky to have survived for the most part. Like a lot of my history is in classic rock. I won't bore you with that. But yeah, with the podcast and which has been really cool to see a lot of the creativity come from, you know, people like yourself over the last few years where podcasting has become so huge. So like six years ago, seven years ago, maybe Eesh. one of my friends, radio friends, like, why don't we do a guns and roses podcast? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard just because they're my favorite <laughs> band. Well, what am I going to say? November rain. I love that song for an hour. How is that going to keep going? Well, 399 episodes in, you know, I've just gotten to interview just amazing people from Alice Cooper to Dave Mustaine to past members like uh, Matt Sorum and Gilby Clark and been able to branch out using my six degrees of GNR Bacon, which you know all about, Jason, where because we kind of met because that's how this is a crossover with Tales from the Crypt and, and Guns N' Roses because Slash was involved in an episode. So I've had people from the horror element like CM Punk be on the show to promote his horror movie, but then get a Guns N' Roses story from him at the end. So after doing the Guns N' Roses thing for a while and finding myself interviewing some horror people along the way uh, as well, I, I, find, I love horror, and I'm like, you know what? I have some time. I have no one to talk, talk horror with because my wife is terrified of it. She's a Twilight person. She, Hunger <laughs> Games, that's as far as she goes. I need to vent my love of horror. So I started a, an Appetite for Horror spinoff. So Appetite for Distortion is the Guns N' Roses one. Appetite for Horror is uh, the next one. And uh, we'll see if there's a, there'll be a third spinoff. But uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to interview some really cool people like Al Katz, like who, who you've had on your show. Uh, Ace Von Johnson from LA Guns, who is a part of, I think he was on your show, right? Or no? Uh, no, we've, we've been in talks. We haven't. Oh, you've been in talks. Okay. Because you saw he was wearing a Tales from the Crypt shirt mm -hmm. on the episode that we did. Because uh, he's in a a horror documentary, The History of Metal and Horror. And I had him on the show. I had the director. So I have like 13 episodes of that. Nice. So just kind of slowly getting to the horror, this giant horror pool of podcasts. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. So, but as I mentioned, the Guns N' Roses thing, what you see behind me. If you're looking, well, the all the, the posters and stuff, that's the, uh, if you want to call it a breadwinning podcast, even though I, I don't really make money off it, no. but you know what I mean. 
It's funny that you said, "Oh, I've got extra time. I'm doing a podcast." But we all know you're about you're about to have your uh, your official spinoff any moment now. <laughs> My there goes all your spin-off. podcasting time. But we'll you're, get to that. You're, you're kind of right. Yeah, as I'm, I don't know whether seconds away, days away, week away from uh, having my first kid. Oh, so, nice. uh, congrats! Thank you. So when Jason was on my podcast, we were talking about the best movies or shows in the horror genre to start off your child with. Because you're not gonna, you're not gonna have them start out with Freddy Krueger. I, I don't think. I but maybe some, ta- some of us. <laughs> yeah, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. You could do the cartoon. Uh, I said my, my intro was Nightmare on Elm Street 2 when I was way too young to be watching that. Uh, I basically walked <laughs> in on my mom watching that when I was living in Virginia. So I had to have been five, maybe five. And uh, she let me just sit there and watch it. But um, I've always wanted to meet Mark Patton because I know he does stuff here in Vegas. Because like my first thing, my first thing I ever saw in horror was his transformation in Nightmare 2 into Freddy Krueger. And to this day, that's one of my... Like I still remember the, when I finally watched it again as an adult, I remember being so much more gruesome in my head, but it's still great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. <laughs> They're terrifying. They yeah. were they I but I think I got into them I don't know, early teens. But I want to start them off young. I want to, you know, see right away having watched the Beetlejuice cartoon. That's awesome. I'm already thinking ahead. He's and not even here yet. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas was was kind of my, my daughter's intro. Yeah. But yeah. she wanted to watch Freddy when she was very, very young. And um, I let her watch it with me, but the rule was we watched the making of first. Like, okay. I, I wanted yeah. her to on the like DVD because look, we had that. And I wanted to say, look, this is here's here, look, it's a here's the and I think that was like kind of like broke down that 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 barrier where she realized, oh, it's a guy in makeup playing a role, and it made it almost that much cooler. Yeah. That's a good idea. I love that idea. But there's still stuff like I wasn't letting her watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well. <laughs> not, not that it's gory; it's just terror. It's just very, very bleak. Right. And I don't. I wasn't gonna let her watch like Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some. Where, where I thought Nightmare on Elm Street was, was more was. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I, sh- I don't know. She d- didn't seem to bother. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just excited to have. You know, I don't know if you do this. I want I'm already thinking about having him be a co-host for my podcasts. But you're right, Jason. I'm gonna be taking a little bit of a break. But I want to have him. I want to get him like a plush microphone. I want to do episodes <laughs> cool. like the first time he hears Guns N' Roses, the first time he watches a horror movie <laughs> to see there what happens. Go. I'll do it responsibly, of course, but That's we'll so see cool. what happens. <laughs> uh, we've had Jason's um, uh, Jason's son on the show before, and okay. uh, it was it was really really cool just to get different perspective of you know we're we're all you know now we're all forty Bro, plus, yeah. and it's always cool to have that younger perspective, especially for yeah. someone that young because the generation gap. Is just so huge. Not, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just kids that, you know, obviously kids today have different technology. They grow up with different things. They're more desensitized, I think, to a lot of things than we were growing up. Um, and I think it's really cool to get that perspective of this cheesy 90s TV show from a, a teenager. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's so really we're, cool. We're, we're not going to look at it the same way. I mean, yeah. we, we the way, they're not going to look the same way that we did. Uh, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I was going to Brenda, when did you first watch Tales of the Crypt? Probably when it was on HBO. That was the big deal growing up. There was, I remember the days before the internet, kid. <laughs> you said we're all 40. I'm, I still have a few months to, to go. I'm going to be 40 in September. But I do remember with no internet, so HBO yeah. and any other, you know, free Showtime weekend was the only time to see any nudity when you're going through <laughs> puberty, see anything horror-related, scary. So it was always that late night, you know, late night watching the Spawn cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty uh, 
horrific and sexual as well. And uh, I have a very, very soft spot. That cartoon is just yeah, top tier, in my opinion, way ahead of its time. I rewatched it recently. I've been doing a lot of that recently, rewatching stuff I haven't since it, it aired because I, I don't know. I I live in nostalgia, I guess. Uh, but yeah, man, it, that was great. And I, that's probably how Tales from the Crypt happened. It's interesting when Jason came on to talk about your podcast on on mine. And I did a lot of rewatching and, and, and kind of almost had my, my mistake. Like when I first moved to my new apartment, I live in uh, Forest Hills, Queens. So we didn't have cable or we didn't have like, I cut the cord. We didn't have the Apple TV set up yet. So I just had the internet and I'm like YouTube. And I just saw Tales from the Crypt and whatever reason it could set something off. And I just went on this entire binge and I really don't remember a lot. I remember the whole scheme of it and the, the dad jokes, but I don't, I didn't remember specific episodes and who was on. So it was a real, you know, uh, like awakening for me. Like I remember watching it, watching it as a kid and knowing, almost getting kind of scared. That's how I was as a kid. When you would watch Freddy or Tales from the Crypt, almost like a pit in your stomach, I would feel like this is, this is bad. Like I'm going to be scared a little like watching this, but I, I want to watch it. This is cool. So I, I, I couldn't even tell you a first Tales from the Crypt memory, well. but... Uh, I've been since Jason and I have become uh, Twitter buds. I've definitely been watching, watching a lot since. And man, I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I, I just I can't believe I look back at all the A list stars, mm -hmm. and it's just mind blowing. So I'm glad there's a podcast like yours out there that dissects these episode by episode because it deserves it. Yeah, I think the more I watch so, it, the more I really, really miss it. The more I really, really want yeah. something like this today. And, you know, we've had stuff like the creep show anthologies lately and people trying to do it. But the charm of Tales from the Crypt was seeing those A-list actors just be able to kind of go ham and do whatever they wanted to do. And it was just stupid fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, like you, you, you wouldn't see Slash in a in Creep Show today. Like it's, you just wouldn't. Yeah. Like they wouldn't pay that money for him. And and granted, it probably you know in Creep Show, be honest, doesn't have the following to to have the money to do that or the uh, or the I shouldn't say the money, the pull. I'm sure he did it probably because he enjoyed the show. But uh, I I know he tried getting involved with uh, the Walking Dead. Oh really? Why do I why do I keep forgetting that freaking actress's name? I say freaking. She was so nice. I had her on the episode <laughs> once. She plays Jadis. On The Walking Dead, oh, I don't know it's, the show. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it's, it. it's, it's, I want to say it's wow. like Penelope. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up while I'm talking. But uh, I asked her about it. She didn't. She didn't know. But I just I had read that Slash submitted a song to The Walking Dead. Oh wow! And uh, I actually did get to ask Gail Ann Hurd, who was on my, the horror podcast. I have to think of who was on what podcast. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, it's gonna be really confusing. And I asked her about it, and she said this is just a lot of red tape that, like as a creative she would want that but higher ups and getting permission and, and and you know legalese and all that stuff he wasn't able to be i don't think he would have hosted it he wouldn't have been on it starring as hank the dj that wouldn't have happened on on that but you guys did a cabinet of, of curiosities uh, right? yeah yeah mm -hmm. which is kind of close but i can't understand a word he's saying man I, I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Not Benicio del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. It was. I. I needed. I needed subtitles to understand. I. I know it's his accent, but I mean, uh, it, it, it was like you know, it was very poetic. He would go into episodes, but it wasn't like the Crypt Keeper, you know? No, definitely not. Well, and, just, and just so you know, once you reach 40, you just turn on the subtitles automatically. It's just 
Oh, so I, I, I'm the opposite. I hate subtitles <laughs> on the screen because they bother me, and I, I find myself like focusing on the subtitles and missing, uh, you know, missing parts of the show. Yeah. But oh. when it is like heavy Cockney accents or heavy English accents, I do have a turn on subtitles for. So it's Pollyanna uh, McIntosh, by the way. And forgive me, I'm sorry, Pollyanna. Uh, Pollyanna, yeah. Yeah, so I had her on to talk about Darlin and another horror movie, and then I just asked about she met Slash in an elevator one time, and wow. that was it. That was her story. <laughs> if, <laughs> that was it. If, if I met Slash, the one question I'd ask him is how he feels about the cover of a Sweet Child of Mine and Step Brothers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get to some Slash well, talk in just a moment. If he's but even let's, heard it. <laughs> yeah. Let's dive no, into our episode it. for the day. We're talking In the Groove. Came out December 21st, 1994. Mondo, since Charlie's not here, you get to do the plus. Hey, while I fumble for the Google tab that I had open, uh, just a quick shout out to our follower, a good friend of the show, Tommy, mm-hmm. who sent me a crowler of the beer named after his dog, Iggy. So thank you, Iggy and Tommy, for this delicious oatmeal stout. I appreciate it. And congrats to your dog for having a beer named after him. I went to my local brewery last week and I asked him, I said, when do I get a beer named after my dog? And they said, talk to Jeff. So Jeff, we're going to talk soon. You guys don't know Jeff. If you did, that'd be weird. It's fine. Uh, I, I appreciate. He sounds like a good guy. <laughs> El Hefe, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna steal this overview mainly from a website called Midnight Reviews, uh, which has a really kind of good uh, review of this episode. So we are talking Tales from the Crypt in the Groove, season six, episode what, Jason? Yeah, I think you already said nine, 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 ten, ten. ten. I actually have it up on IMDb. Nice. Nice. Sorry, in case I, I forgot anything. No, that's great. No, I usually do the same thing. I just have all these tabs open right now. I, I, I get it. Uh, demoted to the graveyard shift by his sister slash manager, Rita, Gary, a sleazy, hot-tempered shock jock, experiences a major boost in ratings when assigned a new partner named Valerie. No longer willing to tolerate the domineering behavior of his older sibling, uh, Gary, assisted by Valerie, devises a plan to murder Rita in the middle of the night. But those plans don't always go as expected. So what happens is he ends up going to uh, kill Rita, who, by the way, like uh, we have to also state they both own 50% of this radio station. As it was given down, to, it, was in, it was inherited from their, uh, their, their parents. I'm not sure they specified, excuse me, mom or dad, but for their parents. There's, there's a lot of mom stuff in this episode. I think so. the mom, yeah. 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 The yeah. brother and sister, and yeah, the mom. I, I, I just rewatched it. So it's not like I remember this from years ago, <laughs> just to compare. And I forgot a lot. I had seen it, you know, Jason, when we spoke. And yeah, well, I yeah, I, I watched it when I was but like, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I usually find. It. I watch the episode, and if we push back recording, I'll watch it again. But I didn't get a chance to this time. Um, but at the end, he go, he sneak, he breaks into Valerie's house uh, to kill her. And he's uh, first of all, I have, to, I have to state one thing. He pulls a comically large knife off his uh, off his yeah. ankle, and like the straps for it fly everywhere. So that'd be some good evidence uh, for the police. Uh, but then she is asleep, pretending to be asleep in bed, and waiting for him with the firearm, and shoots and kills him as his radio show is playing because he started a tape. He was playing a tape of himself recording a radio show, so that way people would think he's the studio. He'd have an alibi, and then at the end, uh, you see that Valerie uh, was in on it. And she was in on the killing of uh, Gary. And you see her doing a radio show at the end talking about how distraught and how upset she is about it as the phone lines ring off the hook. All right. It's a good one. It's a very um, uh, horny episode, to say the least. Like, and, uh, 
it's just it's kind of funny when uh, you think of these people like all these probably sex symbols they could have gotten to play Gary and, and no offense to Miguel uh, Ferrer like uh, he just doesn't strike me as the epitome of handsomeness. <laughs> well, I think I think that's and, part of the joke yes, where people that's... like like people like people don't, didn't really know what Howard Stern looked like when he first started. Yes, which is which is funny because yeah. my father his name is Howard Stein and he's from, uh. from New York and everything. <laughs> And he was like, in, we lived, I think, in D.C. And like people, sometimes at restaurants, people would like start questioning if it was like uh, an alias, oh, an alias, a terrible something. alias. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of funny, especially considering that was probably before Howard Stern had his show on E. So yeah. nobody probably really knew what he looked. Yeah, nobody knew what he looked like. That's. I, mean, I think. Yeah, I think by this time, by by this was '94. I think it was out, but like probably when he very first started in the '80s. Well, that's what radio was, as I, yeah. I guess I could speak yeah, on behalf is, yeah. of the profession. This is what I love, Synchronicity Comes Together, where we have yeah. a guy who works in radio and has an app, uh, Guns N' Roses uh, podcast, comes on for an episode about radio with a slash cameo. I mean, it's perfect. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, us radio people, face for radio, that phrase, right? Face for radio, yeah. Now it's different where, you know, you're, we're on Zoom. People are doing TikToks. I mean, it's not like you have to be good looking to be in radio, but that was the whole point that if you want to be an actor, that's why I got into radio. I, I don't like being really in front of the camera. This has taken me, you know, I kind of get it. I have to get out of like my body a little bit, mm-hmm. like, you know, weekend at Bernie's to be on TV and to be seen. We're supposed to be behind the scenes characters and theater of the mind. Because he's reading the sexy stories, and he's got a good radio voice. Oh, his voice was great. His voice was fantastic. So I think I that's a lot of it. Yeah, and interesting, uh, Miguel Ferrer, who I, I, I always think of Hot Shots Part Two when he's in that, <laughs> and he just looks in the camera, and he's like, "War, it's fantastic." I don't know that that line sticks out to me. Yeah. If you, anyone who's saw that movie a thousand times as a, as a child. I didn't notice this, Jason. I don't know if we discussed this when we spoke. His last name is the same last name as Guns N' Roses drummer. Oh, uh, no way. Frank Frank Ferrer. So I wonder if yeah. there's a relation there. I don't know. It could be All just right. a coincidence and I'm making it up, but I have no idea. So I think that's why. And yeah, when you mentioned sexual episode, this was HBO at its peak. Oh, yeah. Starting out with you seeing tits and ass. And it's just like this, <laughs> as a prepubescent, prepubescent teen, this is what you're waiting for, mm. you know, late at night, those few seconds of brief nudity, because there was no such thing as internet porn back then, or perhaps <laughs> I'm revealing too much, but whatever, it's, uh, I'm going to be a dad soon, so this is, this is, this is a good example for him to see, but it was really like back in my day, but, but yeah, man, this was, uh, it was just really fun to see that, and then Slash's part, which I had completely forgotten about. Completely forgotten he was in an episode of Tales in the Crypt. And with his, his wearing the top hat, 1994, when Guns N' Roses is already broken up. So he's looking for things to do. And uh, did you get a chance to talk to Al about this episode? Because he says, like, how Slash was, he, it was, his scenes were short, but he, was, he just wanted to hang out on set the entire time. And that's all he did. He just wanted to be like one, see how everything unfolded. So just knowing that makes me enjoy the episode even more. Mm hmm. All right, Mondo, what did you think of this episode? Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, just to be honest. Uh, very just formulaic, and there was again, it's a tale of some of the crypt episode with no horror anywhere to be found. I will was, say, yeah, I agree. I, I, I feel like if you take if, if you add a little more, little bit more sex into it, it's just an episode of Red Shoe Diaries. 
and or silk stockings even. And uh, yeah, so not not my favorite style for Tales from the Crypt. I thought the performances though were still fantastic, and the way it was shot and the soundtrack. I I love that sleazy saxophone laden soundtrack. <laughs> and uh, and and again, the slash cameo was cool because I didn't put two and two together when Jason said we were going to have you on the show. Then I saw the slash cameo. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. all makes sense and uh, I always think it's cool whenever you see because he wasn't like a you, you could have cut that cameo out and it wouldn't have mattered but it was a no. cool cameo to pop up in the middle of the episode and kind of uh, get you to point of the TV and be like oh cool look at that guy uh, yeah look at Slash yeah. yeah exactly but I completely agree with you where in the grand scope of things it's not one of my favorite episodes but it was well acted. Yeah. You know? Right. The, yeah. Plot, yeah, the plot is pretty much paint by numbers in this one. Like, you know, you see the twist coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, but again, but I think the, the caliber of actor they somehow got for this episode really uh, make, I, I thought it was actually very watchable. Oh yeah. It, it, I'm not knocking as a, I mean, it's hard to, to knock an episode like this when all the f- performances come off so well, like everyone mm-hmm. uh, does a great job acting, which, which takes it. But I think though, if you took this episode and got lesser actors, Yes, we'd be sitting here just completely shitting on it. And, uh, <laughs> but the fact that had good acting in it and people that could play off the roles. Like I said, Michael uh, Ferrer, again, I think was hamming it up a lot. And, and I mean mm-hmm. it in the best way possible because that's what the episode kind of asked out of him was to was yeah. to really kind of be a uh, step outside, I guess, maybe of his like. He definitely wasn't the guy from RoboCop in this episode. Or, <laughs> and, um, yeah, well, interesting. This is his third Tales from the Crypt episode. Right. He was in Things from the Grave, and then he had a kind of a small cameo in As You Sow. So he's he definitely understands the assignment for this. Yeah. So I think that's what that really helped. Oh, and Things from um, the Grave. I thought he was great playing just a sleazeball in that, like a great. Yeah. He's such, he plays like the best sleazeball. Yeah. And just to go, I, I got like to go through the, kind of their resumes a little bit, but he, he was in Star Trek three, which, and, and, and like playing some Ensign or something like that, obviously Robocop. He was in deep star six. He was in a handful of episodes of twin peaks, like a good amount. Um, and I always forget he was in Iron Man three. I think as the vice president and again, a pretty small role, but you know, it's great that he, oh, I he's just, that, a, right? he's a very underrated actor. Unfortunately, <laughs> he passed away too soon. I think he was, I think he passed away from cancer, right? Yeah, I think throat cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, again, for as again from a technical perspective, like you said, this is actually a pretty good episode. It's directed by Vincent Spano, who didn't really direct anything before this, and only after this he only did some short films. But he had a, a pretty big uh, acting career with a lot of TV. He was in a movie called A Stranger Is Watching, which was like the movie that Sean S. Cunningham did right after Friday Thirteenth. Oh, I know that. That's cool. Kind of because. I kind of want to watch it now because it's kind of a slasher set in New York City, like around um, Grand Central Station. What? This is like all my shit. Like, how did I not I know. know about this? <laughs> and it has like a bu- it has a ton of actors, that, uh, known actors in it. If, if it the also, killer quacks like a duck, even better. Like, just... yeah. <laughs> um, he was in the movie Alive about the the plane crash in the in the mountains, and he was also in the Prophecy Three. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I, re- I recently went through and rewatched all the Prophecy movies. Oh really? Yeah, and the first two I'll say, yes. Fuck yes. I need to do that. I need. Yeah, to do I haven't that. watched those in the nineties. The third one I fell asleep through. And I didn't feel the need to to get back. I didn't feel the need to finish it the next day. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then the I think it was her his co-producer, uh, Valerie, is played by Linda Dowsett. She was mostly unknown for being the, on the Larry Sanders show. Mm-hmm. And then the other, uh, I think his sister's Rita, uh, playing by Wendy Malik, uh, is known from Just Shoot Me. She was in Scrooge, the American She's President. She's awesome. 
Yeah, she's awesome. She was in Young Young Sheldon recently. Um, and I was curious if Slash had done any other acting bits. Um, he did a couple small parts. He was in. He was the DJ in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. Um, huh. he had I have not part seen that in Howard Stern's Private Parts. And he also did the voice in Metal Apocalypse. Oh, uh, Metal Apocalypse. Metal Apocalypse. Who, by the way, is on tour now. With was me on yeah. tour with Baby Metal. I'm not going to go see Baby Metal. It's eighty dollars <laughs> so to go see them here in Las Vegas. And wow. I don't, I don't really like Baby Metal. Um, but I will say, I'm not one of those gimme those assholes. Like they're not metal. Nah. Like no, dude. If you, if you like them, fucking like go have a great, go enjoy them, have a great time. Their gimmick is, I think, is fucking phenomenal. Just not for me. But uh, and they're also coming out with he's coming out the new record and um, a sequel to his musical, which nice. I should. Be, I love I love Death Clock. I haven't Clock seen Clubs. that. I need to watch. I need to go back to that show because it's so good. The, the funny part is if you're if you're a metal fan, it's even funnier because of all the puns they use. Like Demon Burgers is Demu Burger the band, and they have all these band references you never would pick up unless you're a metalhead, and it makes it okay. so much more like tongue in cheek and funny. <laughs> um, and then I, say metal the, head. I mean, like stupid metalhead, like that knows all this stupid European shit. <laughs> let's see. And then rounding out the cast, uh, there's a woman, Carla, at the very beginning, who um, Gary Michael Ferreira's character is kind of doing a role play or something with. Um, that's played by Rusty Schwimmer, and she has a really good resume. She was in Sleepwalkers. She played a cop in Candyman. She was in Jason Goes to Hell. I think she's the mm. um, cafe. Um, owner, the diner owner, who's like making the Jason-shaped hamburgers, oh. and, like <laughs> cutting out the eye holes with her finger. I love <laughs> I her. That part. Uh, she's also in Twister, The Perfect Storm. She was in the Belko Experiments. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, she's had a really cool career. Damn. I like it. But yeah, like like I said, overall, I think it's kind of this is a paint by numbers episode with a really really good cast and the director who I'm, I'm surprised hasn't done much more. Yeah, the, the direction was great. Like the way they the shots they got, and, and the, I the cinematography was actually really well done too. Like had a lot of classic tropes, but those tropes is the reason why they're tropes. Right. Um, but it's I not just, really soft lighting when it's like close up on his lips. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Was I the only one? Maybe I'm a bit of a prude now in my old age, even though I'm the youngest. But just at the beginning, I'm just like, what can he say that on the radio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, was the FCC listening? Which, I was like. But you know, even how it was so bad, like they're having sex in the radio. No one's getting in trouble. The producer's right there. <laughs> My professional radio mind is flipping out. <laughs> I was going to ask you about any inaccuracies for radio because I noticed he kept walking away from his microphone. He like walked to the other side of the room while talking. <laughs> You'd have to have a really sensitive mic to do that, you know. So yeah, they're, they're, I was looking thinking about the uh, you know if he's pushing the right buttons, but just at the beginning. I'm just like, whoa, radio used to be like that, I guess. You know, the days of <laughs> Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony, yeah. it's just like, wow, there was a shock jock era in the 90s that would not exist today, much like, I guess, Tales from the Crypt itself. Right. Again, whenever I watch anything, you know, pre-90s, it's just like, wow, we lived in a completely different world, what we can get a, you know, what we can get away with. and uh, But... At the end of the day, when I did watch it, I, I, I completely agree with Armando that it just wasn't a scary episode. Yeah, I, it I, was like a silk stockings. That was a good yeah. reference. I, I do think that one of the fun things about uh, the ni- the '90s stuff you see is like you, see, you mentioned you mentioned like oh can they get away with that? I think somehow the the the, the clever innuendos are somehow raunchier than like yeah. 
Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the guy. I, I think like cherry pie by warrant is raunchier than a uh, WAP. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh wow. Totally. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean because like I, I still remember um, as a kid. Uh, mo- I'm a big fan of Motorhead, and hearing hearing the song uh, "Killed by Death," and the first line in that song. They played this shit on the radio, MTV, and MTV was, "If you squeeze my lizard, I'll put my snake on you." That shit flew right by the censors. No one cared. At least now they're they're overt, they're obvious with the sexual references. But the cleverness of that was always funny. How they would just like that song's raunchy as shit, and uh, it just got through all the uh, all the censors. I know. Um, one other thing that I don't know if many other people pick up on, but they kept talking about Lancaster uh, being the mm-hmm. city that they're in, and it's like a really sorry if I have any listeners in the that live there, but I, I've gone <laughs> out there. To, I've gone out there for work a couple times. It's a real shithole. It's not <laughs> nice. It's not a good place. Because of a guy living I'm, in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, it's like. Worse than Bakersfield, if you know if you know about Bakersfield. I know Bakersfield. I know about Bakersfield. Um, yeah, that was funny like, when they were going through the markets. Like, you know, the mom didn't leave me any radio stations and all these big markets just leave me in this shitty town with this shitty market that I get to have to split mm-hmm. with my sister, who's gonna end up killing me. Right. And I I'll never forget the day after the twenty sixteen election, I had to go out to Lancaster and I was I went from a really, really bad mood to like just ready to burn the whole thing down. <laughs> not happy about going to Lancaster on that day. It, it, Jason, this would be a fun episode. Not a fun episode to show your kid, but to ask your kid about like, because uh, what's the perception from kids nowadays when it comes to radio and, and disc jockeys? Because like when I was a kid, I mean, and, and you guys are probably the same. Disc jockeys were kind of like local celebrities. Oh yeah, totally. Like everyone knew, uh, everyone knew. God, it sounds really bad in hindsight. But, like everyone knew Julio the Gardener from ninety eight point five. Like everybody knew Julio, and everyone knew like the classic rock from ninety six three guy. I forgot his name now. A, a Kramer. Like everyone mm-hmm. knew those guys. And Andy K. What's funny is Andy K. Was our morning guy on ninety two point three Comp the Rock Station, and also was the guy buying drugs for my parents at the Mini Mart across the street from our apartments. Nice. Well, when I say buying drugs, my parents. This is like a great. This is a parental tip not to do. Uh, my mom would send myself like right at the age of eight, and my sister sometimes at the age of fourteen to walk across the mini mart to buy things, and we'd somehow go to get. We go take a bag with us. We'd leave a bag on the counter and buy like bread. We'd give Andy x amount of money i shouldn't have used his real name i'm gonna beep his real name out (laughs) (laughs) a little slide granted this is 32 years ago i think this is a i think uh statute limitations have passed we'd hand him a bag and the loaf of bread hand him ten dollars and somehow come home with a hundred like i don't know how that worked (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what was happening there but it was a but i never put two and two together like why is the this cool guy who has to be making millions of dollars on the radio be working at the uh, the, the mini mart across the street from us. Another misconception that we're we don't make money, <laughs> but we're drug addicts. So maybe they're exactly nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing has absolutely changed. So I, I yeah. do appreciate though seeing uh, any radio episodes. Uh, you know, I like looking for uh, horror movies involved with radio. One of my like, favorites, um, Pontypool. I love Texas Pontypool. Chainsaw too. What was the what was Texas the, one Chains- the second t- Texas Chainsaw movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. And he was in another one. Oh, that why oh, am I forgetting that actor from Texas Chainsaw Two, and uh, all the Rob Zombie movies. Oh, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, yeah. Yeah, I think it's called Dead Air. Yes, simply. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, where he plays a DJ. So I, I, I just find it cool. I mean, obviously, I can relate to it in that sense, but is it, it is a very unique. Um, a medium or avenue to develop a horror 
plot around. So that's why they could have gotten more creative with this certain with this episode, but I just don't think it was that. It just wasn't, you know, it, it just wasn't meant to be anything more grand or anything, you know, use yeah, I mean, radio in that way. Even though was it was curse. it the fog? Was it the fog where it's basically Adrian Barbeau who's like the oh, last yeah. the last lifeline to everybody by being on the radio and telling people well, whatever. Like you know, it's it's kind of one of the, it's kind of, it's interesting or an interesting time period where even when we were younger. You know, I think Game of Thrones might have been the last thing that people got around the water cooler to talk about, I guess, at work or whatever. Uh, but like when we were younger, like people would bring up like, oh, did you hear what so-and-so said on the radio last night? Or and uh, man, it's, it's kind of kind of bum bummer that we're not in that time period anymore. It's too yeah. all. We have ourselves to blame with the podcasting yeah, yeah. world. So that's I mean, that's what it is. As I work for. You know my the company I work for iHeartMedia. I mean, oh, I have a friend that works it, for works for you guys too out here in Las Vegas. So yeah, we have it's it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a big company that does a lot of different things, and it's it's there's a difference between like a national broadcast. Like you have Ryan Seacrest. You know he's only in Los Angeles, but he he's on several stations or Steve Harvey right. throughout the country, and then you got your local guys. You know, like out on Long Island, they're they're local. You know, they're owned by someone else, and they're local celebrities. It's completely different, but you only get a certain slice of life with that. Here, you you get to. We have no time limit, no commercial breaks. Um, you, we can talk to people locally or across the world. I'm so fortunate that people who listen to the, uh, you know, because I'll, I'll just talk about the, the GNR podcast specifically because I've been doing it for so long. That I got people in other languages to reach out to me. That's and so it's cool. one thing for them to be That's a cool. fan of the band and like it, but I'm an English speaking podcaster and they listen. And if English is not their first language, so I just think with podcasts, you were able to connect a little bit more how radio used to be in the days of Wolfman Jack or the days, you know, of uh, Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> Those <laughs> days where when he's like, hello, Michigan, where are you? You know, it's, it's a little different uh, nowadays. So it is it is interesting getting a younger perspective on, on these things that we grew up with, for sure. I wonder if the, the younger the younger person's version of a DJ now are all these uh, TikTok or YouTube I was about to YouTube say, like, Mr. my kids talk about Mr. Beast on YouTube all the time. It's all, you know. Like, I, I see headlines about him, but they talk yeah. about him. They watch this person. Oh, yeah. I, I don't – I know who he is. I've seen a couple of his things. Um I think he's a person that genuinely actually really enjoys giving to charity. And mm -hmm. uh, just a shout out to him. I just read today a shout out to him. I guess uh, people were giving one of his friends shit for transitioning. And he mm -hmm. just fucking like went all in. Like, nice. So I support them no matter what they want to do. And if you don't like that, shh, good riddance. Don't be a fan of mine. Like, um, granted, when you have a 8 billion fans, you can say that. But um, I, I always respect when any content creators, like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, lose, I'll lose followers over this because we've done it before, Jason, because I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I always respect that when someone that big is, like, is, you know, supporting a, because it's so easy to just not support the cause. Um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. looking at you, Kid Rock, you fucking rich, de <laughs> you rich Detroit guy. Right, this is, this is week two of Bash Young Kid Rock. <laughs> well, I've it's mostly. endless. I mean, like, that's it's. it's so how easy. many weeks can you go with this? I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's going to be endless. It's, it's just it's yeah. it's silly. It's absolutely silly. And and yeah, I think that's maybe the bad part of where you can get wherever you want. 
He doesn't well, have to listen to the radio. If stations don't want to play his songs, whatever, he has his own corner of the market. He does his own thing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the blessing, the curse of the internet. Everyone everyone has a voice, which is great, but then everyone has a voice, which sometimes isn't great. Oh, but yeah. um, let's just so we can keep moving on. Let's go to the comic comparison. Um, I don't have exactly which comic this is from because Jody just sent me the comic. Uh, Mon, if you can look that up for, while I'm talking, it, it's, it's literally called the the story is the exact same name, but y'all look up. No, I mean like which episode it's from. But oh, I, have, okay. I have the comic in front of me. I still have the name and the episode and the uh, year and everything. But basically, it's one of the ones that starts kind of at the end. It was in it was in Crime Suspense Stories Volume One Twenty One. Great, thank you. So basically, there is a guy who is a disc jockey. Um, he's murdered his wife. There's a song playing and he's using that as his alibi. That's kind of how we start. And then he kind of does like a flashback to, um, how he originally met his wife, Rita, when he was a nobody and then he became a big disc jockey. Then one night at a party, he meets another woman, um, falls in love with her. Uh, one thing that's funny about this comic is I don't know if it's a typo, but they keep calling him Larry and Gary. I don't know why, but it keeps going back and forth. It's, it's like I'm Parks and Rec. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> if you watch Parks and Rec, you'd understand. Yeah, I, I laughed. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, but this is like in type, so it's just it's. I can't tell if they're like messing with me or I'm losing it. Anyways, so during the flashback, he meets another woman. He starts having an affair, and he wants to get rid of his wife. So he does the kind of the same thing where he like sets up a whole thing with having. Uh, uh, he pre-records a couple records, so he's going to go and kill his wife and come back before the records are done. Except right after killing her, uh, the record starts skipping. And it's skipping um, of him talking about uh, a little part that he talked about um, where he says, by the way, folks, in case you're wondering, he he, the title of this record was My Alibi. Um, and they keep skipping on that record was my alibi. That record was my alibi over and over again. And the end of the comic is him just like sitting in front of his dead wife's body, putting his hands in his head, his head in his hands. He just fucked up over uh, a, over, uh, over a record skip. And have the image of his fist just being in his eyeballs, like him screaming. <laughs> yeah. How often do you find that you like the comic version better than the episode, or vice versa? Um, usually, I, I mean, it it kind of depends, but I think I usually uh, depends on which season. But I usually like the uh, episode TV episode because it takes a little more time developing things, and the comics are usually are only six pages. So they have to like really Girl. get through it. Uh, there's um, definitely been a, a, a good a good handful though of comics that have mm -hmm. been better, way better than the episodes. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. Sometimes oh, I mean, though, the, the comics have understood the time period they are written in, right? The 50s and 60s. Yeah. Sometimes, mm -hmm. whereas sometimes there's stuff in the comics that's like, Ugh. like we no no. Like I'm glad we I'm glad we think differently. <laughs> <Now that's, laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. I think on average like, we prefer the episode. Um, okay, but part of it I think has to do again with all the amazing actors and people working on the show are doing such are doing such a high caliber job that they can elevate it even if it is relatively the same. Or sometimes they just take all the really all they need to do is take the name and they can do whatever they want want, want with it. Mm -hmm. um, this one is pretty close um, for the most part, but obviously modernized. And, and one right thing, on. one thing that's actually been surprising too is actually, you know, again, bring up the point about being in the fifties and sixties. There have also been some com some comics that were insanely progressive for the time period. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like there's one I forgot where it's all about um, the, the KKK and how they're the evil in the world and mm -hmm. uh, very, very like anti-racism, which was probably 
you know, in the time period in the fifties, very controversial at the time, sad to say. Right. So I, I think it's, I think it's kind of cool to, we've seen all kinds of different, you know, worlds from, from looking at both. Yeah. All right. Let's do our episode rating. We do zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. You can do half points. Brando, you're our guest. You can uh, start us off. I will give it a three. I give it a three because it's not the greatest episode, but well acted. It, it has slash in it. Uh, but yeah, not enough murder or blood um, in it. Even the sex scenes, I've, they were more, you know, Tales from the Crypt sexier, you know, episodes. So I'm, it's a solid three. Not terrible, okay. but okay. All right, Mondo? Uh, I'm going two and a half, and it, it's just right in the middle. I, I don't think it was terrible because, like, like, like Brando said, with the, the the great performances and really good direction and some really cool cinematography. Um, but again, I wanted whenever I see Tales from the Crypt, I want horror. Um, real fast, we didn't talk about the wraparound. Oh yes, I totally forgot about, about this. Only because yeah. I have to bring up uh, the Crypt Keeper with a car in his crypt. And my favorite <laughs> thing ever is in his look, little wait, in his little vest. In his yes, and if you look at the front of the car. It has um, CK in, in, embossed on the front plate, and then it has the hood ornament of his face. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and again, I always just imagine the Crypt Keeper like, at an auto shop, like saying, no, no, I want it to look like this. Like having like, a little sketch of how he wants his car to look. <laughs> imagine the Crypt Keeper going in for like an oil change, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always just have this. Like, if you, are you guys fans of the show American Dad? Uh, I'll, I'll I'm more of a Family Guy guy, but. Uh, but you know Roger and American Dad is always dressed up as the Crypt Keeper is basically Roger. He just likes to dress up and have fun yeah. and pretend to be different people, and it makes me very very happy. Um, so uh, the Crypt Keeper wraparound, what's a good wraparound? It always uh, always boosts my my spirits too. But I think two and a half, and I don't think that necessarily means it's bad. I, I just think it wasn't on my. Uh, again, I want more horror. Yeah, I I, I could go either one other um, side of that coin. I'll go with the three. Just again, the the just the caliber of acting is really good. Mm-hmm. The slash cameo is great. It's just so it's very meta. It's very fun. It just kind of gets in, gets out. It doesn't like make him. It doesn't doesn't draw like doesn't stop the whole episode. He just kind of comes in, does his thing, and leave. And like okay, cool slash. It, it, it's it's not off top. It's crazy to me to think you said they were already broken up at this point in 1994 that they had just gone on that tour. What in 93 with Metallica. Yeah, 92, 91, 92. Uh, it might have went into 93. But it's, yeah. man, they were such a global band at the time to break up. It just blows my mind. But again, uh, the ego at the head of that band, I, I understand like why things happen, why they happen. A lot of things at, at play. I, yeah. I mean, he at that time, Axel, this could be a horror movie in itself. He had a psychic with him named Sharon Maynard. He went by Yoda, what? who would tell him <laughs> what... That would read Polaroid pictures of people and and read energies and tell them that like, so she that's why Axel doesn't like Maynard or at least didn't Maynard James Keaton that is ironically oh. feel his energy and I think even warned like not to play certain cities that start with a certain Man. letter I think he was a very lost person looking yeah. for help wherever he could get it uh, but before I do mention it. Because obviously they they broke up, but hat, but uh, slash still, you know, he's got this hat he wears all the time. Yeah, how is he? How's he gonna get the headphones over that? <laughs> you want as a radio person, like upside come down. Come on, that's that's not appropriate to wear. A, you know, a, sto- a corn cob that's pipe funny. hat. You know, with a <laughs> and when you need to wear headphones, you have to have like a really long extension 
Or just take your hat off, I guess. But Slash doesn't do that. Here, here's a question. So he hands him his microphone, his headphones. Do, do people bring in their own or do they just share? They like wipe them down? Uh, I guess that depends. Usually you, sh- you should bring your own. You definitely should bring your own when you go. Uh, I know when I worked at Sirius, they had extra pairs in the studios. But most places you just lucky you have your own and take it with you because it might be stolen. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining, like, yeah, an extra long, like, headphone that goes all the way up. <laughs> I know. No, I, I, that, that I take mine home. They go in my backpack, wherever I go. I've had these for for a while. But, yeah, that's something a nerd point uh, part of me said. I'm like, Slash, take your hat off, dude. At least for this part. <laughs> we still know you're Slash without the top hat. At least play kind of injure your role. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Now let's hear from our Uncle Al. Hi, it's Alan. In the Groove has another of our actors as first-time directors. Now, Vince Spano was a very nice guy, super talented, but he wasn't Tom Hanks or Arnold or Michael J. Fox. You could ask, how the hell did he score a directing slot? Well, the answer is because he had us over a barrel the previous season when we cast him in the Two for the Show episode. For whatever reason, we had a hard time casting the lead for Two for the Show. We were down to the wire when we cast Vincent, and his management knew it. They demanded a directing slot in order to get Vince when we did. And he got one. In the groove. Miguel Ferrer, hey, also a nice person and a pleasure to work with. As for Slash, well, I can't do the story justice the way Ed Tapia can. Back in the day, Ed was Gil's assistant and so much more. These days, he's a top-notch producer in his own right. Here's Ed from Season 2, Episode 12 of the How Not to Make a Movie podcast, telling the Slash story. One of our grips comes up to me and goes, hey, Slash from Guns N' Roses, a friend of mine, he wants to do the show. I'm like, get the fuck out of my office. Just get out of here, you know? And he goes, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I go, okay, then have him call me. Sure, whatever. Have him call me. If that's true, have him call me. Two hours later, the phone rings. And, hey, man, this is Slash. Well, my buddy Dave said I should call you. And uh, Even that had to be a guy named Dave. Just like big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. I'd love to do it. My buddy it. Dave, man. I hung up on him the first time. I thought they were fucking with me. I hung up. He called me back. And he's like, no, I'm telling the truth, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if you remember, but, you know, um, I said, okay, then come on in today at 6 p.m. And I go into Gil's office and I said, hey, supposedly Slash from Guns N' Roses. And he showed up. He yeah. showed up with his girlfriend. And you guys didn't have a role for him. He said, we'll make one up for him. You know, we'll write one for him. It was Vince Spano's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we did. He, he was uh, a competing uh, DJ. He worked two days. He showed up all five. I don't know if you remember that. He showed up all five days to hang out. Yeah, no, he he, he just loved he just loved being there. He was and, yeah. and not in, in any way imposing. He, he no. just... He, he just, just he just loved being part of it. Yeah, he just that. wanted to hang out. And that's in the groove. See you next time. And we're back. So normally Mondo does song of the day, but since we have a music aficionado, especially in the Guns N' Roses realm, I thought Brando would ask you to pick a song. Um, it can be Guns N' Roses for Slash's Honor, or you can go other way. But what song would you like to pair for this episode? I'm thinking, I guess I, I will have to stay on uh, on brand. But to kind of stay within the larger scope of horror, it's, it's what I, I ask a lot of my guests on the horror show, Appetite for Horror, what would make for a good Guns N' Roses horror movie? Because I try to you know tie everything in together mm-hmm. And I think the best one would be Used to Love Her. 
Because even Axel has said that this is written about a sick subject. It's written about fantasy. But sometimes with your significant other, you just want to rip their fucking head off and just bury it. <laughs> and it sounds almost like the kind of the same script in a way of this Tales from the Crypt episode of just wanting to kill somebody. And uh, and I don't know. That that seems like a fun song to uh, – and it's so – it's upbeat. <laughs> but it can be a hard movie. <laughs> And also recently, because I, I edit a lot of, uh, I don't know if you guys do this, I, I go back to old episodes and I edit clips out, you know, highlights, I see other, you know, talk shows doing that. So I was editing an old episode with this guy, he's a tattoo artist out in California, Howard Tiemann, and he's in with the Guns N' Roses crew. He's been in, you know, the LA scene for the longest time. And I was just figuring out what his six degrees of GNR bacon was. I, I still want to hear about his stories, a tattoo artist. I have tattoos. Cool. Let's see where it goes. And he goes, you know, the beginning of I used to love her where, you know, Axel's kind of whispering something and you hear somebody laughing in the background, <laughs> whatever. I don't want to redo it. And he's like, and he's like, and he's like that's me. I know it was terrible. He's like, that's me. And he redoes it. And I'm like, what? He's like, that's me on the record. Just, just, he was credited. That's super cool. And at the same time, Civil War, uh, you know that that they use the movie uh, Cool Hand Luke. Luke. Yeah, I love that. Kick it off. So he said that they were fans of the movie, and Axel called him one day and said, "Do you have a VCR? Bring it down to the studio." They, he brings down his VCR. They put in Cool Hand Luke. And they record it onto the album from his VCR. Wow! And it's just like little stories. That's super here and there. neat. Like yeah, so I love I, that. All right. here's, I'm here's glad you guys appreciate that because it's the GNR nerd in me appreciates yeah. that. No, no I, I, love I, that. I like that. Anytime you hear those stories about famous albums and how they got X on the record or who's in the, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's so cool. And here's, yeah, here's he's just a, a, a tattoo artist. He's just a random dude still doing mm-hmm. it out in LA, and then yeah, he's on GNR Lies and User Illusion. My, my, my favorite Guns N' Roses memory was uh, in the Appetite for Destruction video. Another Welcome to the Welcome to the Jungle video when he walks up and his hair is all like straight and chill and he's got a suitcase and the bus goes by and then he had, he doesn't have the suitcase anymore and his hair is all all poofed up. And I remember I remember I was I was really young so that came out like ninety two ninety three or no Appetite for Destruction like, was like eighty nine when it came out yeah. 87. 87. So God, I was definitely not four. So it was after the fact when I saw it on MTV. And my cousin goes, that suitcase was full of Aquanet. <laughs> <laughs> and like this day, that, that I love that part of that music video just because of that. Nice. Brandon, here's, here's a question I've always wondered. Because I don't know if it's a myth or whatever on the song Rocket Queen. Is there really, uh, did, they, did they really record a woman having sex in <laughs> yes. the studio? Yes. Is that true or false? No, that's true. That is true. So I forget her name maybe use adriana smith or something but she was kind of like almost a groupie to the band but she was more of steven adler's girlfriend the drummer who eventually got kicked out for doing too much drugs and guns and roses that's a lot of drugs then i know <laughs> so i think i i don't know how the story went but axel i guess thought it would sound cool if they had moaning in this part of the song and wanted it to be authentic and just like getting that guy Howard Tiemann using somebody around him to add something to a song, he had sex with her in the studio. And I remember, I don't think Steven was mad. I think because they all sh- like shared her. It's so funny because uh, I don't know if you guys, because you probably follow uh, horror uh, websites as well. 
this is one called Graveyard Shift that always posts yep. the same article about like Axe Rose did Steven Adler's girlfriend in this song. And like this story is 40 years old. And, and why yeah, you keep it's I've heard so many times. I just want to know if it like it was. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't in the studio. But as far as I know, that's yeah, if, uh, that is quite true. If anyone would know that wasn't there, it would be you. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna skip trivia slash horror news tonight since Jody's not here. Um, we're gonna um, move wait, to the. Well, I can I, I can do a, a, a little bit. Real okay, fast. oh yeah, if you got something thrown. Yeah, out. no, I just want to give a shout out to Panic Fest, which did a virtual film festival this year. Yeah, um, I've been kind of watching uh, watching that along, and uh, a lot of I've only watched four feature length movies so far and i'm not gonna lie i've been very underwhelmed except for the banality today uh banality which i watched today which i really liked but um they did, they did one called invoking yell which is about a chilean uh, female black metal band from the 90s going into the forest to uh to r- record vocals for the record and i will say i was super stoked for that being that i love black metal and i was super underwhelmed Mm. Um, I, not like I didn't hate it. I think a lot of people are going to like it, but I also think if you're going to do, I, I've noticed a trend with a lot of modern horror where they do this slow burn, but you, and you can do a slow burn, but something has to be happening. And I think sometimes they get too caught up with doing a slow burn when like this, this movie would have been better if it was a short, like our long form short, like 30 or 40 minutes, it would have been, I think a nice tight 30 or 40 minutes as opposed to an hour and 30 minutes with 45 minutes and nothing happening. But still, my favorite thing about this festival has been there have been some phenomenal shorts. And uh, maybe on Twitter or something like that, I'll throw some out that I really, 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 really nice. loved. But some of the shorts I absolutely just adored. And um, it, uh, it's, it's making me write down directors' names. Like, I just want to see them do something else, see them do something else. Uh, but um, I watched uh, The Banality today, which was a really, I thought, not super horror um, kind of drama, but with some great performances and a, a really cool story. Uh, but anytime any of these horror festivals do virtual film festivals, I am in. So uh, please keep doing that. And by the time you listen to this podcast, Evil Dead Rises uh, yes. will have hit uh, the theater. So um, I'm going to go see that on Friday and send us your thoughts on that. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that movie if you guys see it. Okay. That's my horror. Now let's go to our Patreons where we post our weekly Would You Rather. Um, this week, again, in honor of the Guns N' Roses theme, I put down, would you rather listen to Use Your Illusions 1 or Use Your Illusions 2? Um, unfortunately, I was a little late posting this, so we only had a few people um, vote, but everyone did say Use Your Illusions 1. Um, okay. <laughs> Armando, do you have a, <laughs> uh, man, you have so, a preference? So I do have to state that I was never the biggest Guns N' Roses fan. and um, I'm saying, but if you had to choose one of those records. I don't know really the difference off the top of my head but i will choose my favorite guns and roses song of all time because it was the baddest fucking song in terminator 2 is yeah. uh you could be mine so whatever album that song is on gets my pick i fucking I, too yeah i two. love that song and not like i not like facetiously or whatever no that's a great song period end of story and uh and, and again i have nothing I'm, I'm more on the darker side of metal, but uh, to pretend those albums weren't great fucking records, it would just be dumb. No. You might appreciate I had uh, Bobby Blitz on from Overkill, Ooh. and just to hear his thoughts from just that thrash heaviness of how he appreciates you know, appetite for destruction. It's just very cool to hear that. Uh, but yeah, you could be mine, so your vote is for Use Your Illusion too. I'm going to go with Absolutely. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with that one too um as go as well uh album too i'm a huge estranged is my favorite uh guns N' roses song 
Um, but also, again, it's got Civil War, which has Cool Hand Luke, because again, one of my favorite movies. Um, Knocking Up His Doors, great. I always thought, you know, November Rain is fun, but it's not, it's, I always thought it was a little overrated, in my <laughs> humble opinion. Um, and So Fine is a great song. And, and those records, too, especially for people from our age growing up, like, Guns N' Roses were such, like, a big band. Like, they're just, and, but also those records were not just commercially successful, they were critically successful, and are, again, like, not my favorite albums, not my favorite band, but I could never, if anyone says those albums suck, they're just wrong. Like, that's all there is to it. There's no right. if, ands, or buts about it. Musically, those albums are fantastic. A different era. The people lined up at midnight to get mm-hmm. those albums. Yeah. Like, people are going to be lining up at midnight to see Evil Dead. And, you know, you, I, I w- wish I was too young to have experienced that, to, to line up for a music release. You know, again, people do that for movies. There's new Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, a, a special kind of horror movie coming out. Uh, I went on went in on the day of for for Chinese democracy and walked right into Best Buy with no problem. So that was no that was no issue there. We, we had it a little bit down here in Las Vegas, and it probably ended about twenty years ago. We had a record store called Odyssey Records in like the worst part of town, but they're open twenty four hours. So we go. A lot of us would just go at midnight, and it was kind of cool because not everyone's there to buy the same album. Uh, they actually—that's how they were. They closed at midnight, but they would do. If you came at midnight, you could buy that Friday's releases, or it was Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday at the time. Back then, all new music came out on Tuesday, and it was cool because it'd be in a line, and you just walk up and tell them what you wanted. They'd pull it to the back and give it to you. But it was kind of a just a fun experience just being with a whole bunch of other music fans it was like record store day without the fanaticism and i mean in the best way possible it wasn't just people trying to buy going there to buy and flip cds it was people wanting to go buy albums to listen to them and it was such a cool experience so brando what's your preference between one and two i always say that i it's like choosing children yeah, yeah, choosing your babies. <laughs> because i'm just not at the mindset i know there are two albums but it's an interesting story where that they weren't sold as a double album. You can pick one or two. Reason being, if they were sold as two, they would be behind the counter and be more expensive for kids to buy. Oh, wow, that's a good, that's a good so point. So if they're sold by one individually, you can get them however you want, and they're still yeah. in the reasonable CD price. You can go back and get another one. So he didn't want to outprice his fans to do that. Huh. Uh, people, people talk I, about this... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, was, I always thought it was the opposite, where they were trying to make... I figured a double CD would be cheaper overall, so I thought they were trying to price gouge on making you pay for no. two individual albums. That's cool you, to know. Because you don't have to pay for two. You can buy one. When I right. first started making, you know, as a teenager, my own money, I bought User, uh, User Illusion 1 first. I remember that. I bought Appetite and User Illusion 1 first. I didn't get, you know, two. I didn't get lies yet. So I worked my way around it. But yeah, because you've seen double CDs. They're, I don't know, the days of Sam Goody, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, and they're behind the counter because they're more expensive yeah. as opposed to a $10 CD that you can just take right then and there. But the, the talk, and it's been, I know, it's a fun conversation to have about there's fillers, there should have been one album. Like We talk about movies, if we cut this down. Look, this band has not released, has released next to nothing, you know, for years, I want to take as much as I can get. So the fact that it's two albums, I like to think it as it's a one album. You know, I don't like to separate, but not to be a complete you know party pooper and, and not play the game. I will mm-hmm. say, uh, Usual Illusion One, 
because it has November rain, which I like it. <laughs> I, you know, to each their own. Oh, that music, yeah. that music video for November rain, by the way, is just iconic. And like I remember seeing that all the time. That's a great song. And but the music video is fantastic for that. Over a billion views, maybe two billion views on YouTube oh, now, wow. and maybe another song you wanna. You want to hear Armando, uh, a hard song, a perfect crime. I know perfect crime, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, he couldn't sing it now <laughs> at 60 years old, but definitely one of the harder uh, songs that they have. Um, for, just, for to plug, sure. just to plug your show a little bit more, I think I, of, the, of the handful of episodes I've listened to, the ones with the director of November Rain and uh, strange music videos. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Andy, interview. Thank you. I'm, I I would like to get him on again. Uh, Andy Morahan. He did yeah. November Rain. He did Estranged. He did uh, Don't Cry. He worked on Garden of Eden, where Garden it's just Eden, a, yeah. a fisheye lens. Yeah. And it's just cool to hear about the creative process from you know the other end of the spectrum because there's a lot of I think misconception out there about Axl Rose. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I, I've everyone I've interviewed, I never heard a bad thing about the guy. It's all like media and press and. Uh, you know, I, I would love to know what horror movies he likes. Uh, I know Slash is a huge, huge horror fan, and I think he started his own production company and everything. You know, he's he did. Just, yeah, uh, I, I was looking that up yesterday, and he—it's like Slash Productions. They haven't done anything in a long time, so I think it's probably dormant. Well, there was a new recent announcement that he made. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. I will have to find it. I think I find it because I—it's funny doing these podcasts. I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's. It's how you get. Maybe it's how you become uh, friendly with like Al Katz, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people you just become friendly with, I guess. So I've become friendly with uh, his name is Peter Napoliello, and he worked at Geffen Records back with Guns N' Roses and White Snake, and uh, he sent me. Where is it? Okay, it's, it was actually in Variety. <laughs> so I'm a producer. Uh, Slash launches a horror film banner, Berserker Gang. So it's he's launched a horror production outfit called Berserker Gang. So I'm looking. For, I want to see what comes from that. And also their their tour manager, uh, uh, Del James, is is freaking obsessed with horror yeah. as well. I mean, if you got, I don't know if I'll ever do my show because apparently Guns N' Roses is like I'm, I'm, I'm blacklisted because I get picked up by news outlets, okay. even though. I, I don't, I'm a nice guy. I swear I don't do clickbait. It's other people that take my interviews. Try to get Del James on this show. Okay. As my favorite of me. Let's <laughs> so hear him talk about horror movies. Write it down, Jason. All right. And then to wrap up, we do our dad advice. We put out a call for questions uh, on our Instagram stories, and they put one out on Twitter. Um, we love getting questions, so don't be shy. Uh, Mondo, show us what you got. We got a bunch today um, from, our, from, our, from our friend MJP12342 uh, on, on Instagram. What type of lawnmower should I buy? Oof, I haven't owned a lawnmower in a while because I've been living in apartments for the last like 15 years, 20 years. <laughs> it, it depends also like where you live at and how big your lawn is. A bit, big questions. Like I have a small yard here in Las Vegas. I just have an electric mower that I plug into the wall and it's fantastic because I don't have to go buy gas for it. It takes like no maintenance and it costs like 70 bucks on Amazon. So it breaks. I really don't give a shit. Uh, and I'll also also say like the, the, uh, uh, the sacrilege of me to dad is just fucking pay someone to mow your lawn. 
Like, don't do it yourself. It's just too much work. Like, the older you get, value your time and just fucking pay someone 40 bucks to mow your or, or get your Or have a kid that, that can do it for yeah. you. Unless you really actually <laughs> enjoy doing it. Some people enjoy doing it. And I think, like, if I had a big lawn and got to just ride on a lawnmower with a beer in my hand, that'd be fucking cool. But that's just, what my wife's uh, dad used to do. Yeah. She's from Chicago and they kind of lived in a suburban area. And he would just have a giant tractor kind of lawnmower yeah. and just fucking go around. Okay. And yeah, being from Long Island in New York now, nah, man, have Owen someone pay for that. I've never owned um, a lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> Dan, a, a, MJP, I'll make sure to ask this question to Jody next week, who actually has a giant lawn in right, the yeah, uh, middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Because here in Vegas, yeah, in New York, in LA, like just lawns aren't that big of a deal. So here's, <laughs> here's the quintessential Jason story. When I was in high school, you know, like middle school, high school, growing up, I lived in Oregon, so grass grew very quickly there. It just was wet all the time. Um, and I liked mowing the lawn. It was just kind of fun. It was kind of, you know, cathartic. Until one, and I did that thing where you would just kind of go around and around and around and you just get to the smaller patch. And then one day I was like maybe three quarters of the way done. And then a little, a smallest garden snake you could imagine shot out. And I ran into the house as quickly as I could. I used to go back out for like a week. <laughs> do you prefer Do you prefer grass or do you prefer just nothing? Hmm? Never mind. <laughs> oh, Thanks. Mondo. Mondo, Mondo, Mondo. All right, what's next? Uh, to be fair, I was, I was pretty restrained this episode because I'm just tired. But I, I had notes. I lost my notes of things I needed to ask Jason. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be around next week. <laughs> um, I won't be though. I'll be uh, next week. I'll oh, be. That's right. I'll be. Uh, if any of our fans are in Arizona, I'll be seeing the band Enslaved in uh, Arizona next Sunday. So, uh, if you're there, say hi. But you're probably not there, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, why did uh, from our friend film film Staten Island? Uh, why did Robert Patrick do a super cameo in a quick episode? Yeah, that was um, the visit. Just yes, the visit. I think yeah. Yeah, which is again my my. Vote for scariest uh, tales episode. I don't remember if Al Cat said anything. I don't have any insight, but I think they just you know people just want to be on tales in the crypt, especially once it got rolling. They would just do anything, so they just needed like a again another shock job, shock jock type like Robert Patrick. Why not? And uh, uh, our friend TJ underscore Howard underscore Gentleman asked four questions, and I'm going to paraphrase a couple of them. But will tales from the crypt ever be again? Um, I think you're asking, will it ever be back again? Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever see it like we saw it in the 90s, which is kind of sad. And I honestly, at this point, I kind of hope it doesn't come back because yeah. I, I just think that you to try to do it justice, it just wouldn't work. And unless you have unless you have a Crypt Keeper puppet and you have uh, John Kassir doing the voice again mm -hmm. and you have Gil and Al back at the helm, I think without those things, it's just going to be a shell of what yeah. it used to be. And rather they just not do that than, um, you know, kind of shit on the franchise. Yeah, I agree. And also with all the rights that are going on, like, I don't think so. I mean, never is what Al says, time, but who knows? Isn't that what Al says? It's like the, the, the Gaines family wants nothing to do with a certain producer who owns the rights to the kind of like Tales that. from the Crypt name yeah, I mean, and the person who owns the Crypt Keeper. Like, they're not, you know, yeah, they're it's, at it's odds. A whole thing. It's a whole podcast. <laughs> it's a whole podcast, exactly. <laughs> What's next? If all of you were in a horror movie, you had to choose for each other how you would each die. That's pretty fucking morbid. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm going to choose for my co-hosts. 
that you guys just die peacefully in your sleep. That you guys are like the, the dad character who just goes to sleep one day and dies, and that's a catalyst for some bad shit happening. But all right, Londa, I got it at the hand at the hands of Tiffany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you would die a happy man with ah. Tiffany uh, strangling you to death. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. As long as I get to finish first. Um, <laughs> 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 Armando, you need a metal death. You definitely need like a metal something Freddy Krueger like that bug coming out of you. What was it, uh, Freddy? Uh, it, oh no, the roach motel. The cockroach. No, no, I, I want, yeah. I want, I want the one that Jason already picked. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> I think very enough. metal as fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm all hot and bothered over here now. Um, I don't. That's a weird question. I mean, it's not a weird. I, I, I got to make you blush. I'm so happy. Wait, with mm. the doll or with the? <laughs> oh, with the. But uh, okay, uh, but before before the transformation of the doll. Okay. Gotcha. No doll. 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 Oh, okay. doll. Why I gotta make a weird, Jason? Why do you gotta make a weird? <laughs> you know what? Fucking eaten by a snake in Anaconda. Eaten there by eaten by Ice Cube's Anaconda in the movie Anaconda. Um oh. and. <laughs> um. <laughs> He asked also about there's a community on YouTube, Glamster Creek. Glamster Creek. Yeah, I've never I heard have. of this. What was he said? Got taken down, but he's wondering if any of us watched it. I've never heard of that. I I saw them just because I'm Google. I I search for Tales of the Crypt stuff so often, so I get like everything in my suggestions. And I guess they were doing like marathons uh, of crypt episodes, like like they were just bootlegging. Okay. Um, so I mean that kind of stuff. Unless you're really careful. On a long enough timeline, it's going to get taken down yeah. eventually. They're taken down. I used to watch those. That's how I watched all of my oh, really? marathons. Was yeah. that Glamster account? Glamster, yeah. So yeah, I've always kind of gone through the uh, Crips Tube and in, in Incorporated, yeah. um, who posts everything. And uh, to be fair, like no one's ever really. I mean, I know we had issues with the first channel, but then yeah, we'll see. Because it's like it's not listed, so you have to like search. I always search for his channel and then look for the videos. Oh, okay, I subscribe. If you just search for the video. It, does, it won't come up. So I think that's how he's got to be careful. Him, but. And I, I think it's interesting that they're still trying to take those down for copyright when you can't see him anywhere else. It's not like I know, he's not. No one's making money off it. He's just trying to. I mean, and, and we know you talked to the guy before. He's just he loves the He loves the series. It's a mm -hmm. labor of love for him. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, uh, last one from TJ is most disturbing scene in a Tales from the Crypt episode. And uh, I, that's a tough one. I, I think yellow is pretty disturbing. The very end scene, just because that dynamic with father and son and how like callous it is. I tell you, we watched uh, me, my wife, and my seventeen-year-old watched All Quiet in the Western Front. Well, we, we had to split over two nights because it's so long. I haven't watched it yet because I haven't had a good time in my life that I want to watch a really upbeat movie. Yeah, I know exactly. But it's about World War One, but from the German side. So <laughs> as soon as we finished it, the second half that we watched, I made them watch Yellow just because I'm like. No, you have to see the crypt version. Did you guys not talk to each other for the next few days? Like, was it? <laughs> I mean, you know, war. What's it good for? Uh, kind of thing. But um, my most disturbing is pro is probably again the the new arrival episode with Robert Wagner. Okay. Um, that ending where he's just like tied to the chair with this like undead ghoulish girl, and like they're not gonna let him out. You can see the corpses of the, all the other therapists that they kidnapped. And he just knows that that's now his fate. Like it's, it's so bleak. It's one thing to like die in a horrible way, but to like be like trapped in that. Or um, three's a crowd where the guy kills um, his pregnant wife and his best friends out of jealousy. Oh, that's, uh, pretty that's, really... that's pretty fucked up too, Jason. Yeah. 
Uh, do you do you have anything there for that one, Brando? I'm trying to think the episode the the actor's name where he kept dying repeatedly. Oh, did, um, dig that cat. That's Joe yeah. Pantoliano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe from uh, Sopranos. I mean, that was just kind of messed up to begin with. Just to to, to cheat death and to be so confident that every time you kill yourself, you're gonna survive and just. No, it's not going to happen. I believe he he lost like, his last chance to live. Like, he was down to his final time when he was being buried alive or something like that. Yeah, he miscounted how many yeah. times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, because he got it from a cat brain transplant from a Nazi doctor. <laughs> as one he, does. <laughs> but as, as you do. And then he um, doesn't count the cat's death as That's it's right. been placed in him. So he thinks that he's being buried alive. He's being buried alive. He thinks he has one life left. It turns out that's his last life, and then he's going to die before they get a chance to revive him. And and there's like, an, another brain, one, and Nazi forget- doctor just yeah, goddamn yeah. Tails okay, the fucking tails in the <laughs> And there's another one you got, you experts can tell me where this guy he was handcuffed to a dead body the entire time, mm-hmm. and he fell off the cliff at the oh, end. Oh, um, and uh, he's um, in the desert. It wasn't Tree oh. Williams. It was, or it might have been Tree no, Williams. No, it was Tom McLaughlin. Oh my God! I'm there you go. Yes, you're right. Um, oh, and this on tip of my tongue too. Because he couldn't do anything and just have like I think at the end they were like uh, vultures pecking at his eyes, man. Um, no, uh, carrying death. Carrying death. Yes. Carrying yes. Death. There you go. That's why you're the experts. I'm always. I, I, I'm already like my parents. I'm like that guy with the shirt. Oh, I did me. Google. I did Google. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, <laughs> I was like buy me time. <laughs> um, uh, from Melanie underscore Saint dot George. What will you cover once you finish Tales from the Crypt? I think I have an answer for this, and we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have ideas. We have ideas. Have... We thought like Freddy's Nightmares. We thought Creep Show. We thought like Tales from the Dark. A bunch, bunch of options. So uh, if you guys have ideas, though, by all means, shoot them to us, and yeah. uh, and we'll take them into account. But uh, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Would you do Tales from have... the Crypt Keeper? The, the yeah. cartoon? Uh, we've definitely yeah. thought of that, and that's kind of one of the things we'd love to have. You know, um, uh, Jason's kids, Jody's kids, really kind of watch and come on for because we think it'd be really cool to get a kid's uh, view of that. My, my, my I agree. My daughter's twenty; she's not going to watch it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of. Exactly. I, I have a lot of ideas. I just need to, me, Mondo, and Jody just need to get together and just hash out what we want to do. Yada yada yada. Uh, hey, look, I've been going how many years just doing Guns and Roses? <laughs> so. <laughs> You don't know. Like oh, you no. can. I mean, you're the producers. You're the host of it. But you can while you do episode breakdowns, just keep having actors come on and talk about their episodes. I mean, it's endless. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's it, it's it's re. This is re-energized my love of the franchise. That's all. You know. I mean, I uh, think following we'll, you guys and and uh, it's just been fun. I think we'll always have Tales of the Crypt like in our DNA, even if we do like another show or something else. Yeah. I think that'll always be there. But I don't. I want it to be something that I'm going to keep enjoying. I don't want it to become stale for for us because if we don't enjoy it, no one else is going to enjoy it. I, I'm I'm still kind of into Freddy's Nightmares, but then I w- I've watched those episodes. I'm like, fuck, there's some bad episodes. Like some, yeah, like, and, and and I don't even mean like bad in Tales from the Crypt sense. When they're fifty, like fifty minutes long, those episodes and they're just boring. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. Like I would do again for those kind of things. I would do like a best of month or something like that. Again, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll we'll definitely let people know. 
at some point. Ready February still, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We still but, have like a we still have a season and a half left to go. So but maybe has cool ideas, please send them our way. Cause yes. uh, I know there's always those like forgotten like nightmare cafe shows that came out back in the eighties and or the nineties. Um that I'm always down. Like I'm sure it's stuff that I don't even remember that I'd be probably down to watch and do just for fun. So um whatever, we'll figure it out. And I know we've also talked about doing more movies and stuff like that, like old just cheesy fucking movies. So we'll see. Um, we still need, we still need to make Jason sit through blood sucking freaks at some point, and, and so game. And also for for our patrons, we we we've done one so far, like w- drink slash token watch, and we do want to start doing those again and firing those up again, and and just having a good time, just watching shitty movies and Ooh. shooting the shit. So, uh, and by shitty right. movies, I mean like movies I love. <laughs> right. It's it's getting late for Brando, so let's uh, let's power through these. But for best, uh, from uh, our friend, don't break the oath. Nine, uh, great merciful fate record, and I dig the serpents of the light. Uh, Deicide Avatar. What are your thoughts on the Creep Show franchise? Um, I'll go first. So far, it's been hit or miss. I've yeah. loved. I've liked more episodes than I haven't, and that mm-hmm. Evil Dead fucking tribute one they did yes. is like one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. So um, I'm all for more horror. I'm all for more anthologies. Yeah, they know everything Mondo said. There's been some great ones, like the Evil Dead one, the like the backdoor Evil Dead, the Don't Call it Evil Dead episode. Yeah. Uh, have, Brando, have you, have you, you seen all Brando? Yeah, they're pretty. I, cool. I've seen select episodes because uh, what channel is 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 on, it on? Shutter? It's on Shutter. Yeah, I don't have Shutter. There were uh, some. Sometimes it was on AMC. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, that's yeah. like before The Walking Dead. Before I gave up on that show, I know it's <laughs> it's quote unquote ended now. Uh, but only, but now that you mentioned that Evil Dead episode, I get to see what I have on my streaming services because I wanna, I wanna also, see Creep Show. I wanna, I want Shutter. Also, Shutter so is really, really cheap. It's like what six dollars a month? Six bucks a month, yeah. And and yeah, and my so favorite. Worth it. Yeah, it is my okay. favorite streaming service by far. Like yeah. it's just um, all kinds of great horror stuff I'm on there. Cheap man, I don't even pay for my Spotify. I, mean, <laughs> I wear clothes that I've had since I was ten. I uh, feel you. I, I love it. I love the Ninja Turtle shirt and the Ninja Turtle on the yeah, microphone cord. Cool. By the, I didn't realize this was not on purpose because I guess I should have a Ninja Turtles podcast as well. My thermos. <laughs> I have Leonardo hanging on my headphones. Uh, wire. I'm wearing a shirt. I love I got it. My t- my Ninja Turtles tattoo. I I'm ready to be a father. Yep, <laughs> man. I could. I, I I um. Have you read the Last Ronin? I have not. You, you need to read the Last Ronin, the new comic series. Um, I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Fucking unreal. It's so good. It's so good. And then the I will stay by. I'll stand by the first movie. The soundtrack for the first movie is one of, is one of my favorite soundtracks yeah. of, of anything. Like, I love the first movie. The so Foot much. Clan music is like what I want. Whenever I'm walking anywhere, like for because I travel for work. Whenever I'm walking, it gets a little bit seedy. Just that Foot Clan music plays in my head. I'm like, I'm ready for a, to fight a bunch of. Foot Clan people. Um, I'll say. I'll say this. It was really quick. I don't mean to cut you oh, off. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, did a rewatch of the eight, 1987 series. I don't even know if I want to call it a rewatch because I don't think I've watched it since I was five. There are episodes where it's like very horror esque. Really, there's I- an episode that this guy is completely uh, a a parody of Freddy Krueger. It's somebody that visits you in your dreams. Well, there's awesome. the guy who, like turns into a fly. Oh yeah, back to Stockman. Yeah, that, well, he, that was like what. Uh, yeah. He mutates into a fly. He's he's you still know, a fantastic he, doctor. He just happens to be a fly. Yes. You know what I love about the first movie though? Uh, the Sam Rockwell cameo. Oh shit! <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. I, I know you're talking. God, about that movie. That movie's so good. Um, I want to go watch it now. I, I love that movie. I fucking love it. Um, and last question, once again from MJP one two three four two. What is your assessment of season six so far? 
I'm going to say more bad than good, but it's still a pretty mixed bag, and we still have some episodes to go. So um, what I think has been good has been real good, and what's been bad has been real bad. But um, uh, overall, I think it's been a pretty mediocre season, just to be honest. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, not not unwatchable, but... No, definitely not, not unwatchable. Great. We haven't got to that point yet. Yeah, so uh, so we'll, we'll keep trucking through MJP, and we appreciate you trucking along with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I did put out a call on Twitter, and we got two quick questions I'm going to get to. Oh, okay. Uh, our good friend, listener, and Patreon, Palmer Lynch, asked, who would you like to invite to your octagon? <laughs> to fight? I'm assuming to fight. So, Mond, I'll let you take that one. Uh, there's a certain mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> Glenn fucking go. Jacobs. Uh <laughs> I would break that motherfucker's <laughs> knees. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He'd probably tap out first, but uh, I would love to. <laughs> I mean, I have a list. <laughs> you have a list. All right. Are you a wrestler? Are you a, are you a fighter? Uh, I've done jujitsu for years and years and years and done cool. uh, and wrestled in high school and stuff like that. So I just, I just want to grapple. I actually don't want to fight anybody. I just want to grapple. I want to get punched in the face. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I'm, too old. I'm too old for concussions. So I just want to, I just want to grapple. But I would grapple Kane in a heartbeat, but I'd do it for charity. And uh, when I win, all that money has to go to a uh, LGBTQIA charity just to piss him off. Nice. And then we had to share Bud Light. Even though I hate Bud Light, I'll drink it just to fucking piss him <laughs> off. Sponsored by Bud Light. <laughs> ugh, ugh, disgusting. All right. Our last question from our friend Allison from the Who's There podcast. Oh, Allison. Love Allison. What's your favorite erotic thriller? (laughs) Oh, um, because I speak. Oh, go ahead. If you got one, go go, No, go ahead. You already had Jason. I was going to, because I saw this, I was thinking, because it's very undefined. It's a very loosely defined genre, but I'm going with uh, Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore. Oh, God. I haven't thought about that movie in a long ass time. So there's a, it depends on what you call thriller, uh, Bound, obviously. Yes, I was, I was wondering if you were going to say Bound. Oh, without question. You got the Jennifer Tiller connection. Oh, yeah, without question. And then uh, like uh, Secretary, I guess that was kind of a thriller. Yeah. Um, and there was one from the 70s, and God, I can't remember the name of it, and maybe early 80s, and it was this French film. Uh, and like really, really erotic and racy for the time. But then like they're turning all this erotic stuff, and then they just show a horse dying, like a legit them slaughtering a horse for no fucking reason in the movie. And so you're watching this movie, and it's kind of steamy. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't like planning seeing animal death in this goddamn movie. The uh, Campbell Holocaust meets Rochelle. Rochelle somehow worse. <laughs> somehow worse because I, I don't smell sitcom. <laughs> um, uh, it's a ma- matrius, like like mistress in French, I think it was called. Uh, but uh, that was just a fucking crazy one. I'm gonna go with erotic thriller. Um, I think Bound is an erotic thriller. Yeah, mm. totally. Brando, I'm going through just Google right now to see what brings to my. I mean, the first one you said erotic thriller. I was like, I haven't seen this in a long time, and let me see if it's on this list. Sliver with Sharon oh, Stone. Yes, Ooh, yes, that's definitely. a good one. But as I'm going down this list, single white female. Yeah, there you I mean, go. That's got to be one of the best of, of of all time, I think. I mean, that was I mean, borderline horror right there. That was a yeah. And geez, this one has wild things. I mean, I just think about that one scene that you just keep rewinding and fast forwarding, and um, or, yeah, the, or rewinding and rewind. We know what I mean. Yeah, the guys from uh, Horror Queers did a great episode on that recently. Oh yeah, it was really fun. It was a really fun. Listen. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, sliver, yeah, sliver. Go. Now, that's my vote because that's what came to my brain first. Mm-hmm. And I think from the '80s too, you had what was the other good one? Um, Dangerous liaisons. 
Yeah. What was another uh, kind of crazy What's the one with Mickey Rourke in Convictioner? Uh Fatal Attraction? No. Oh, no. What is it? Uh-uh. Googling, Googling, Googling. Great podcasting. <laughs> So we need a producer. I mean, there's a lot. It's a pretty, it's a pretty broad, um, uh, pretty broad genre. Like, depending on what you consider erotic. I mean, um, there's a, I mean, a lot of those giallos from the '70s, like uh, the Strange Vices of Mrs. Ward with um, Edward Ed, Edward Fenich. Mm. Just saying. Oh, it's uh, nine and a half weeks. Oh okay. yeah, I don't know if I call it a thriller, but I, I think it could pass. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I think that wraps things up. We've hit a very myriad of topics from uh, Guns N' Roses to <laughs> erotic thrillers. Uh, Brando, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I hope everything goes well with your uh, new edition. Thank your, you. Uh, spinoff. Um, <laughs> go uh, play some uh, Guns N' Roses for them in the crib to hopefully soothe them at late at night. Um, go check out his podcast. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? I appreciate it, Jason, and very nice to meet you. Uh, or Bermanjo, I guess. <laughs> likewise, sir. Likewise. Yeah, so nice to meet you, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for coming so, on. It was yeah. fantastic. Thank you. So uh, Appetite for Distortion can be found in all the usual podcast places, you know, like iHeartRadio or Spotify. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel where if you want to watch me interview people, instead of, you know, you can see me and Damien Stain instead of uh, hearing it. Uh, just go to Appetite for Distortion on YouTube. And the same thing with Appetite for Horror on all the podcast platforms and on the same YouTube page. I have um, a playlist and all the usual suspects as far as, as far as social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even the dreaded TikTok. But that's, <laughs> I don't do any dances. It's just putting like interview clips up there and, you, and things you don't like of that nature. Do this with shit and point. I don't understand it at all. Yeah. So mad. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I'm just in the habit now of making like youtube shorts short videos yeah. one minute videos and putting that on all my social media and that's the way people consume things now yeah, <laughs> you have feed, a minute to do it that's true yeah feed I, that I, algorithm <laughs> and i just try to get creative with pictures and, and you know gifts and all that so i do that same thing for horror uh so it's just been a lot of fun uh doing both the horror and the, the gnr thing and we'll see where it goes very cool Okay. Well, next week we will be reviewing Surprise Party. We appreciate everyone for listening. We'd really appreciate if you give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, and check out our Patreon for bonus content. Also, check out our YouTube channel for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypts. Adios. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs>